you for tuning in to the new episode of Record Broker Podcast. I am your host, Mark. If this is your first time tuning in, I am an independent hip-hop artist hailing out of Austin, Texas. Thank you for tuning in and get well acquainted. Uh, again, if it's your first time tuning in, why is it called Record Broker? Because I sell you good stock in music. I also DJ, so let's get right into what's hot right now or what I think what's hot right now. I think uh, if you haven't heard of this artist, I think he's probably one of the most refreshing artists I've heard in the past 20 years. By the name of Anderson Pack, he has a new single out called Tints with Kendrick Lamar. Anderson Pack is one of the latest signees to Dr. Dre's Aftermath label. Prior to this, he had a uh, album called Malibu, which was incredible from beginning to end. Again, it's very, very refreshing. Not only is he a great singer, songwriter, he is a very masterful drummer. He's one of the cleanest I've, I've heard. He is just completely in pocket. Next up from my um, old school heads, I'm a big jazz guy. Check out one of my idols by the name of Wes Montgomery, his entire album called Bumpin'. And as always, check out my music because I need the exposure. I need the money. I'm a talented guy, not to sound like I'm egotistical or anything, but you can find my music anywhere on digital stores, iTunes, Apple Music, all streaming. But I encourage you to download and not stream. Uh, support artists for downloading. Streaming is not the best platforms, but all of that's popular. But go with the downloading option. Uh, so my next guest... Uh, kind of long story short, how we met, I was in a total car accident about three years ago, and I was just in bad shape. And after my physical therapy that was cleared for that, I promised myself, I promised God I was going to get into shape and take care of myself and everything. Uh, boxing is in my lineage. My grandfather was a boxer in World War II, and we kind of built the same way, had the same frame, so it gets on my body pretty nice. And I've always wanted to do the boxing workout. So I looked for a trainer that specialized in boxing and other um, fields of fitness. And I found my next guest by the name of Jason. How's it going, Jason? It's going great, Marv. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, man. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad you can uh, tune in and be a guest of mine on my podcast. I've been wanting to do this for a long time in general, but I'm happy to have you as a guest. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be on board, man. This is, yeah, is yeah. going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. You have a good uh, voice for broadcasting as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, introduce yourself to the folks that are listening out there in the world. Uh, my name's Jason McGee. Um, I am a, I'm a personal trainer, a strength and conditioning coach, a mobility specialist. Um, um, man, what I like to do is get people fit, get you in shape. And, uh, you know, my road to fitness is, is uh, you know, it was, a, it was a self thing at first. You know, it wasn't my career. Um, I actually wanted to be an actor. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, you know, about 20 years ago, I was like, I'm going to acting school. And I did. And uh, went to acting school and got with an agent. And where my fitness road began was my first. Now, we can back up a little bit. When I was young, when I was in junior high and high school, I was a workout freak. I was, I was all about working out, being in shape, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like you, late teens, early 20s come along. And it was, you know, 
it kind of took a back burner a little bit to me. I mean, all I did was play basketball and that was enough to keep mm-hmm. me in shape. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I got a, I got a job doing like an industrial film, which is, you know, like one of those, um, <laughs> when you get hired for a job, you look at those safety films, safety films that you get at first. Well, I got hired for one for like Radio Shack. And I was watching, <laughs> I was watching, we were watching the dailies and yeah. I was like, who's that guy wearing the same outfit as me? Cause he was a big dude. Mm-hmm. And, and the guy was like, the director was like, what are you talking about? That's you. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> wait a second. I'm not that, I'm not big. And I was, you know, I was probably about uh-huh. 190 pounds. And so yeah. I started working out and I, I was like, I got to get in shape. And I, I've always loved boxing. I loved it. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go box. And back then I couldn't really find a place to box. And I found this guy, Jay Strickland. Um, he was a former light heavyweight um, professional. What year was this? What year this was, was this? about, let's see, this is about 97, I want to say, 1997. And when you were doing this with Radio Shack, you were in California? Or were no, in this, was in, this was in Dallas. This was in uh, okay. DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, I was, I was acting out of there. I was just getting started. Um, and, you know, you go to an audition. And when you went, <laughs> yeah. as an actor, you're, you're getting any kind of work you can get. You know, it's like, oh, cool, yeah. a little 500 bucks for filming this little industrial film all day long. Cool, let's do right. it. That's great right. money, you know, exposure. Right. And, you know, and no one will see it unless you got a job at Radio Shack and you did some <laughs> some <laughs> type of, you know, core, I mean, safety training or something like that, you know, or, you know, how to sell Radio Shack. I don't even know what it was for. Barely, I barely even remember the concept of the commercial or the um, industrial. The thing I remember out of this whole thing is like, I was a big guy, you know, and it's like, <laughs> as an actor, it's like, if I'm going to be a big guy, it's like, uh, I'm going to be a character actor. Or I was like, I always thought myself as a leading man. <laughs> so I was <laughs> like, I'm going for the leading man. <laughs> so um, I found Jay Strickland through the newspaper. Um, back then, he still looked at the yeah. newspaper in the mornings, you know, and, right, right. and saw he was doing these boxing classes over kind of by me. And I started taking them. And man, I got in shape. I got in shape mm-hmm. fast, man. I yeah, went from same, same yeah. with when I met you. I was like, mm-hmm. I remember the next morning, I was like, "What in the world <laughs> happened to me?" It, it was the oddest thing. I was like, "No, man, it's never gonna happen overnight." But I guess my genetics and something. I looked in the mirror the next morning. I was like, "Whoa!" It, it, I saw the difference, man. I feel. I felt like you know, it, it was probably a mental thing within your mind, you know. But you felt something, I, and probably what you felt. And I mean, this has been one of my things about people getting in shape and fitness it's like i think the thing you felt was ah it felt good and i enjoyed it you know Mm -hmm. and that was me too you know being a boxing fan from i I was a boxing fan as a little kid you know Mm -hmm. i'm I'm, marvin Hagler was my idol you know and but one thing i did find that first time i trained with jay was I sucked. <laughs> I didn't know what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. it, it's, you know, you, you think it's throwing punches and there's so much more to it. Yeah, but I it just is. kept, I kept coming back. I got in great shape. And, you know, I, I even went as far as to like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to try this out. I'm going to do this in the ring. So I sparred and, and I found that was, oh God, that was tough. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but I went a little further. I competed in a couple little tournaments, you know, or, you know, little smoker, uh, smoker fights, um, yeah. smoker fights are, you know, they're, um, 
they're they're kind of not sanctioned (laughs) you know know, it's just you know it's at a gym you you got two gyms kind of going against each other you know and uh so i I was mainly i was more of a gym rep than anything and but i I fell in love with it man i really did and again it got me in shape so fast and um and like i said i loved it i loved the skill that i was learning with it and everything and i always like to i do like to like practice my skill and um in boxing you know Always. it's 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 getting in there you know and yeah. as i got older you know and like i said i only fought a couple fights and amateur fights and uh one of them i got hurt and Ooh. that that derails things a lot too yeah. but i always kept on coming back to boxing it always got me in really good shape but i always you know had an idea of like, you know, I'm going to be, I, I can do this. You know, I, after I got hurt, I started helping my coach at the time who was my second coach. His name was Kelly Weaver. Um, I, he's, I, you know, he's like, uh, to me, Kelly like really taught me how to box. Jay taught me how to like, he taught me how to box, but he taught me how to like the boxer's mindset more than anything. Mm-hmm. Kelly taught me actually like what boxing was, the skill of it, the angles, how, you know, just little angles huge in boxing and I, I I got to help him coach um he he was he had like a amateur team like a young amateur team you know I think I think there was like 13 to 16 I mean he he coached all ages but he had a team that I would help him with you know and and he was always like man you're really good teaching boxing and you know I was at an age where I was like I'm better at it you know but <laughs> you know it's, yeah. sometimes you learn the hard way um, and, uh, you know, I, I started training, I would train people here and there, but you know, my eye was on, you know, being on television, being in film. Um, so I, you know, I would kept, I kept training boxing to keep me in shape right. and here and there, you know, I'd train a friend or two, you know, or, you know, somebody was like, Hey man, I want, I want to learn, you know, and I would do that even when I lived in Los Angeles. Cause I did, I mean, I went for it in acting, <laughs> I moved out there and uh went for it out there and one thing you find out in los angeles is there's a lot of people that live out there (laughs) and all of them are actors and they all pretty much look like me (laughs) there's about a billion dudes that look like me i imagine that there's this big lineup with everyone with a square jaw like you and it's just like oh yeah i'm an actor i'm an actor actor. actor. exactly you know what i'm I'm an actor i'm a model (laughs) (laughs) same thing i imagine it's just flooded with that everywhere and even when i would go on auditions it would be like and you know i'm not saying like i I wasn't i felt like you know i was a lead actor in the sense of like you know i could play the young dad because i'm I'm not a supermodel or anything like that you know i mean but uh you know i i had that you know that leading man quality you know but dude you know how many people have that leading man quality and yeah. you so and i would walk into an audition it was like a fun house in there you know it was like well mm-hmm. it's like a fun house of mirrors it's like it's a bunch of me's in here so <laughs> it, 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 and you know and that's no excuse i mean about no, like not booking it. roles or anything like that it's just it's mm-hmm. that's reality of it and yeah. as you go through quite a few years of that you know you catch a couple things here and there you know cool little commercial you know it's it's like man is this going to be sustaining you know and yeah you know i started really looking into like what do i love i I love health and fitness you know i'll always have you know and when we moved back to texas um 
I was like, you know what? Because as an actor, you know how that goes. It's um, you're their personal trainer, or you're a bartender, and I was bartending a lot too. <laughs> so yeah. um, I really focused on uh, personal training when I got back to Texas, and I um, got hired at Move Austin Fitness. Um, yeah. It's been a great place. You know, I've had the great um, honor of being mentored by uh, Jared Freshour, who is the owner there at Move Austin Fitness. Um, I've got to, he put me under his wing and, you know, taught me a lot about movement, you know, and how to correctly move. And, uh, you know, and I think it's really helped. And, but, um, you know, I train you as boxing, but I don't train as many people as I want to, but I'm actually getting ready to like really focus on like bringing boxing back into, you know, my personal training. I train a lot of people that, you know, they're, they're looking for like, I mean, here lately what I've turned into is like a movement special, like a mobility specialist, you know, getting people in that, to be able to get to that full range of motion while they're moving, right. moving. And, you know, I mean, and me and you will work on it. Me and you will yeah. work on, you know, boxing, but you know, I'll, I'll have you do things like getting that shoulder mobility and things mm -hmm. of that sort, you know, which is yeah. so important, you know, but I'm really excited about getting boxing a little bit more boxing back into my um, regimen for um, not only myself, but, uh, but uh, um, people that I train, um, I'm trying to like mix it up because I've also, um, <laughs> I hope I'm not just rambling on. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 you got it. Cause I can chat and stuff, but uh um, going back to my own fitness, you know, um, and you know, that's, that's where I experiment a lot is myself and, you know, everybody is different, you know, so I, I it's, I got to get to know my clients and everything, but for myself, yeah. you know, like it's always been combat based. Um, I love boxing yeah. and the, the problem with training boxing and my mentality of training boxing is I, I do like to do it. I want to test it and spar Boxing's tough, man. <laughs> it's hard to spar a lot. I mean, it, like, it is. you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard on your, your brain. And about six years ago, I was training in California. I had, there was a gym there, Box and Burn, that I was training at. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, no, uh, Tony and Kevin are the owners there. Awesome dudes. And it's an awesome gym to go to if you're ever in Santa Monica great place um i was training with them and tony asked me if he i, I could spar with one of the one of his, his guys there you know he's a young kid and i actually did really good i felt really good because man i hadn't sparred in 10 years probably before Ooh. that you know but i felt good i was like man i, I kind of have it for you know quasi i mean i was in my late 30s at the time and uh you know i did okay but man i i even when you catch little nicks on the head, it's like, uh, I don't know if I want that to happen. So that's yeah, when I found it's a tough thing. Man. Yeah. That's when I found jujitsu. Um, jujitsu is, uh, that's my new thing that I've been doing for the past, you know, five and a half years. That's what I was going to ask. So mm -hmm. you have a love for boxing and, and jujitsu. I know there are two different forms of combat art. Mm -hmm. um, what, First, let's let's back up a little bit. Uh -huh. Earlier, you mentioned uh, Marvin Hagler. I I find that as like my second best, my second favorite boxer. Who who are the guys who inspired you to box? Well, so the first fight I ever watched, Lucky Me. Well, the first fight I ever watched was Clever Lang and Rocky. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and then that you find out like, that was a freaking odd. That second fight was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the first fight was. was sad, you know. But uh, yeah. but you know, then you find out like, oh, that wasn't real, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well yeah. then the first real fight i remember watching was hearns and Hagler, 
um, Best which, fight ever. oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's an awesome fight. I mean, and you know, a, a lot of people watch when they think back to that, they only think back to the third round where Hagler knocks him out. They forget about the first round of that fight, which is, Oh, I'll never forget the first round. It's, yeah. Hagler gets the, gets the hell knocked out of him, man. He yeah. gets, I mean, I mean, he, he's practically knocked out. Anybody else was done. He was yeah. practically knocked out on his feet. In such a great round, but I mean, that was my first fight I watched, and the Hagler was like, "Wow, you know, it was it was such a wow moment to watch that." And then I, I, um, I think his next fight, I'm pretty sure, was Mugabe, which was another like, "Whoa, fight!" Like, "Wow, this." Dude. Why do you? So, if you think about fights like that, you think about that is labeled as probably one of the greatest fights ever, mm-hmm. along with Thrilla and Manila or the Ropa Dope. But why do you think fights and boxing are not like that right now? Are guys are you are, you think guys are afraid to fight, or they're just well, about the money, or dudes just ain't giving it? They're all what is it? Just different pedigree, different generation. What is it? Well, I think it's the man. I and. If I seem like I bag on Floyd Mayweather in this, don't I'm I'm not I mean I'm not bagging on him. Floyd's listening, man. So watch out. <laughs> but I mean, but he was a master at managing his career, and they I feel like they really manage their career now. You know, they really put thought into like, how am I going to make the most money out of this? Which hey, there is no problem with that. I understand that. Back then, you know, I mean. Sugar Ray kind of did it, you know. He kind of managed his career to where he Sugar Ray Robinson or Leonard, Leonard, Leonard. Okay. To where I mean, and and this is not to bag Sugar Ray because he did fight a, a prime Hearns, a prime Roberto Duran, but I felt like he towards that early '80s where you know he detaches Retina, he retired, and he really managed it when he came back to fight Marvin Hagler, because I think he watched the Mugabe fight and was like, hmm. And, and, and actually, he says it. Hmm. He looks a step off. Marvin looks a step. Yeah, slower. he fought Marvin mm-hmm. out of his prime, right at the end of it. And still, I think Marvin won that fight. But hey, that's another story. You know, <laughs> another friend of said the same thing. Is like he Marvin Hagler won it, but just Sugar Ray did a bunch of flurries at the end, and they gave it to him for that. That's and and I think uh, Leonard is was like a champion before mm-hmm. Marvin was, and it's just kind of that favoritism. It, that was there. I mean, hey, I will say one thing, and this is to critique Marvin on that fight. The first three rounds, he fights as a, a conventional fighter. He, he wants to show the world, I can box with this dude. And Marvin can box with him. But part of Marvin's boxing was just relentless coming at you. Uh, you can't stop me. And, you know, he tried. I feel like that was a mistake in his game. But that being said, in those three rounds when he's fighting um, – when he is fighting conventional, because Marvin was a southpaw, he's fighting conventional. He is hanging with, with Sugar Ray Leonard. He's yeah, hanging. He he's doing really good. And then about fourth round, he's like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's make this a fight. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, that would be my only critique on it. Because other than that, I mean, Leonard had – and I say this – when I say people run in boxing, they don't really run. You don't really have anywhere to run. <laughs> you know, it's hard. Right, right, but he right. was doing his best to avoid any type of fight. And that's part of boxing too. You know, I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's people strategy. don't, 
yeah, people don't realize that. A lot of people say Floyd runs, and I'm like, no, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't run. <laughs> you know, he just yeah. he doesn't get hit, and that it's that's not running. You know, I mean, yeah. and but I mean, back that's to your original thing. Back to your original thing, why fights aren't like that anymore. I think fighters manage their careers a lot. But that being said, that Triple G um, Canelo fight was great. You know, that was a good fight. That was a good fight. They but fought. I think, yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, them dudes got some chins. Oh I, my um, god, don't they? I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I could not. I, I couldn't do that shit, man. I remember you hit me with a body shot once and I was like, Oh, what the fuck are you hit me? But I'm like, <laughs> I was like, damn, I couldn't get that in the face or the ear all the time. I was like, shit. But, um, yeah, I think they, they are some, they definitely have some, the brute mentality down, man. And going toe to toe like that. I think, um, I think you can tell that, um, there's always that point in time where some team or what's in this case, with a boxer that, someone is going to underestimate their opponent because he beat him once. I or, or, or Triple G is confident in himself, and he felt that he really could beat Canelo. I think he underestimated him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I think Canelo had a tip of the edge of the scale, I mean, over Triple G that night. And although Triple G, you could tell at times where he was really tired, and mm-hmm. then there were times where he was, you know, He's like, okay, do this spurt of these combinations and such, and then to get him to back off of you. And it worked, but Canelo was still hitting him with those shots, though. And his trainer's in the corner like, man, you need this round. You need this round. You need this round. So I, people can say it's a controversial uh, decision that Canelo won, but I don't think so. Not When fights are that close, there's not a controversial decision, in my but opinion. But some people, yeah, yeah. yeah some people it's... say, like, oh, no, Triple G won. I, I think people pulling for him for the favoritism and his record and such but he got he caught the beat down man he Dude, caught the I, beat down it was a close one it really was i i'm like you i thought i thought canelo edged him a little bit just because yeah. he was he was slightly. landing those bigger shots but just slightly and if triple g would have won the fight i wouldn't have been like dude that's such bullshit i i mean you know i mean judging a fight's tough man it, it really is, is. and i don't I think, think go ahead i'm sorry i was going to yeah. i was going to say that i think people are so quick to go to the oh he was robbed or if it goes to the decision or split or something like that boxing has always had the kind of um shadiness uh, corruption yeah. <laughs> yeah. corruption within within the industry and it's like yeah i mean i can see that in some cases but um like you said it's hard to judge a fight but i, I think canelo edged him this time PEDs or no PEDs. Yeah. Hey. And you know, and hey, honestly, their first fight, you know, a lot of people were like went crazy because of the draw. I didn't find it that controversial, you know. I really didn't. I mean, if you watch it, it's it's not like it's it was that big of a distance of uh, like Canelo just beating down, like, oh wow, I can't believe it was a draw. I mean, it was a freaking good fight the first fight was you yeah, know i think it was you know was. i mean and again back to judging you know people have got to they they're not the judges aren't watching the hbo broadcast or the showtime broadcast they're watching they're that one direct. angle you know they're watching mm-hmm. that one angle of the ring they don't yeah. have jim lampley um you know skewing the fight to one fighter you know to the hbo fighter they, right. they're watching now they do have crowd reaction you know they have that but man sometimes there might be some shots that that judge didn't see because of the angle you know right, right. i'm not defending like the cj rosses of the world who gives horrible decisions you know there there are 
very shady looking decisions out there. Do not get me wrong. I get that. But, I, but sometimes one judge will have it 116, 113, and the other judge will have it 116, 113, the other fighter. It might, it could be a case of like, yeah, that one judge just saw that extra shot, you know, that he landed, you know, that the other judge didn't see, you know, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I give judges a little bit of more of a break, you know, right. and uh, just because, you know, like I said, they, they got a different angle of the fight. Honestly, I, I like the idea of back old school when referees would judge the fight. <laughs> you know? right, 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 right. <laughs> they got the best view of everything, man. They're right true. there, you know, true, true. but you know, also back to the, the whole, um, you know, why are fight, you know, maybe the big fights aren't being made because, you know, a lot of those dudes, they're, they're in different sports and, you know, with um, MMA and UFC, you know, a lot of those fight based guys that would have been just a boxer before, well, they're fighting in UFC or Bellator. Or they're fighting MMA instead of boxing. You know, that, that might have been their door to get into fighting. You know, because, like, man, if the Diaz brothers, those guys box really good. Those guys probably would have been really good boxers, you know, like just boxers. And um, I think, you know, that might have a little bit to do with, like, why we don't see the, you know, the Hagler Hearns, the, the, the Duran Hearns and those fights anymore, right. you know, the Gotti Wards, you know, Holyfield Tysons, those fights, you know, those, yeah. those guys have gone to a different sport, you know? That's, I think that's a good point. That's, that might be fair to say that they've gone and entered into something else that's a little bit more uh, brutal, uh, you know, possibly. I feel like, um, I feel that the potential of, Anthony Joshua and Denante Wilder has that potential to do so. I, I, I think those. I mean, you got one knockout artist and you got one guy who's very technical. Mm -hmm. um, that they can bring it to that. I think. I think that last fight with Wilder, um, uh, where he had trouble with that one. That one. Ortiz. Guy, Ortiz. Lu yeah. Luis Ortiz. Ortiz. Ortiz is good, man. He is. He was. <laughs> he was a. He was a rhino, man. He was a tank. Um, they were they were going toe to toe, and I could tell Wilder had some trouble with him. But I I would love to see just a, a slug out fest like that uh, again. I mean, it's maybe guys are managing their careers that way where they don't have to scrap like that. I, well, you I could say that I, you can I make the case that. Joshua's doing that, you know, because Wilder actually he's going to be fighting Tyson Fury coming up in December, which yeah. is interesting. It's very interesting because. Man, uh, you know, I know Tyson Fury, he's, he's, he's one of those polarizing figures, you know, you either love him or hate him, but make I've no mistake, man, I've he is, for a guy that's six foot nine and as big as he is, he has hands on him. I mean, like <laughs> fast. I mean, I mean, it's, if, if you want to go back and watch it, it's a boring fight for most him people. I like him and Klitschko, man. He had Klitschko not knowing what to do. Yeah, you know, um, I've seen, I've watched like maybe two minutes of that fight and, and fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, it it was very, it was extremely micro pacing, and I I can I can agree with what you're saying that Klitschko was like, what do I do with a with a fool this big, and it it was like that they were very they were very they were squaring off and such, and Wilder said himself, he said for a guy who's six nine, he can throw some pretty good combos. Oh, I think he's... I think Wilder will have his hands full with them, but you think I, he'll catch I him? No, I think, think he'll he catch might him? catch him. I, I think he'll catch him, considering the fact that he's been out of the ring for a while. 
uh, been re- rehabbing for what is it drugs and alcohol? Or oh alcohol, yeah, whatever. you know it's a he's got a really interesting he's he's a guest on the Joe Rogan podcast, and I've yeah. kind of had a one eighty on the guy. I could not stand him before that listening to that interview, and afterwards I'm like, I kind of like him a little bit. Tyson? Uh, it, Tyson Fury, yeah. I just, uh, you know, he he really came off well in this interview, and you know, it's funny because he 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 talks about the Klitschko fight, and he he was just like, he goes, I'm not gonna lie, that was 12 rounds of the most boring boxing in the world, <laughs> you know. But he was like, I had to do what I had to do. He goes, I, you can't go in there and just try to knock out Vladimir and get, you know just get like, you know, upset because you're not getting to him and he's jabbing and holding, jabbing and holding. He's like, I had to box him. And he goes, and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get hit with that. And he, he called it just a crushing right hand. He goes, yeah, Klitschko can punch. Ask Joshua, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. you know, and, and he gave Joshua props for that, but he's also, he, uh, uh, Fury was like, you know, Joshua should be fighting Wilder. He should be that, that, that fight should have happened already. And he's like, and it's, and it's Joshua's not wanting to do it because Wilder wants to, you know, Wilder wants yeah, to. Yeah, that's what, they, that's what um, they've been saying is that Joshua's had as Dodgson for years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I get it. I have a that's... friend of mine that talks about, oh, he, he's the biggest Mayweather uh, hater and stuff. It's like, oh, he's Dodge. He dodged Manny. They're like, Manny dodged Mayweather as well. It's been, it's been a it's... multitude of things of people dodging each other. It's a business, man. It is a it business. It is a business. You know? Yeah, it can't... I, you know, us men having the ego that we have with our strength and, oh, I'll kick his ass. Oh, I'll kick his ass. <laughs> yeah. He can't kick my ass. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'll kick his ass. And, you know, from from training with you, I've been in... I haven't been in a fight in a very long time, probably since I was a teenager. And, you know, in my 20s and such, or early 30s, I was like, you know, I, I can... I know how to beat people. If I've won fights just on, you know, you know, just simple shit. But you know, from there's people who can fight, and then there's technical fighters. You know what I mean? Oh there's, yeah, there's two, it's two. It's two different. It's two different damn things. So, there's um, it's, it's it's different when you inf- when you factor that and you factor in the business and such. I mean, that's that's a totally different gamble you're going in here. To, yeah, man. It's like I said. It's these, I mean, like I said, you got to be able to manage your career, you know? Yeah, you got to watch yourself on that. You gotta but watch yourself on that. that being said, if you, and, and this is why, I mean, t- in my opinion, I, I don't put Floyd up there as the greatest fighter of all time because I feel like he's, he's never really had that fight, you know? He never had that defining fight where you're like, wow, this guy's one of the greatest of all time. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, if he would have... Let's let's say he would have fought Manny in two thousand nine and won a decision over him of that Manny, or you know fought Koto a little bit earlier. You know, there's there's a theme with there's a theme with Floyd that most of the guys he fought was definitely on the backside of their career. You know, I mean that, that's Manny, that's Koto, that's De La Hoya. Now. Floyd's beginning of his career, he fought Diego Corrales, which was, you know, <laughs> that I give him props on that. I give him props. I give props to Floyd a lot. And, and, and I, I give him props because he's great. He is a great fighter. Do not get me wrong. Yes, I mean, yes. I, I say a fa- I'm, uh, on the other side of the hill, Miguel Cotto um, is <laughs> one of the best fighters of all time still. You know, I mean, yeah. it's, it's – but, you know, it, it's like I feel like Hagler gets a little bit – 
burst because he fought in those dog fights. Like Ali, obviously, you know, he, he fought those dog fights with Joe Frazier and Foreman, you know, and yeah. the, those were there. Floyd didn't have it. Now, you know, you can come back at me with, well, you know, no one could give him that, you know, but yeah, it's like. Yeah, and I but, say that too. Yeah, I don't think, I think he's just one of those freaks that he, I think we said, we talked about this before when we were training is that Floyd will out-train people. Mm-hmm. And by the, by the fifth round or so, it's like they got nothing left in them and he'll just, you know, dance around them and give them a little few shots and, mm-hmm. and such where I don't think there's anyone that can compete with him. I think it's different from, you know, I think Ricky, Ricky hadn't said it himself that he, he thought Floyd was smaller. And then when he got up close to him, he was like, Oh no, he's actually kind of bigger than what I thought he was. And he's got a crazy reach for a guy, his height. He's got a 72 inch reach for a guy that's, I mean, five, seven, I mean, pretty sure he's five, seven, maybe five, eight, but 72 inch reach for a guy that height. It's pretty, pretty freaking good reach, that, man. Good. Good. <laughs> I, I think he's one of those freakish athletes. And, you know, I'll say that from back in the day, you know, Ali, all those guys, that they damn near fought everybody. They weren't afraid to fight. I mean, I think Sugar Ray Robinson had over 100 fights. Or oh, so. yeah. And so now I don't think guys, I don't, I don't think boxing is that big. Yeah, and I think a guy's fought a hell of a lot more, like I think two weeks apart or so, or a month apart or so from one fight to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. Now guys will take off for about three to six months mm-hmm. for one fight. They'll probably fight like maybe three or four times in a year, mm-hmm. and they'll get a pretty good check and such. And you know, I think just boxing is kind of minimal at this at this time. It's the not pool's as not as deep. As it used to be, yeah, it's yeah. not as big as it as big as it used to be. I think uh, probably, you know, from the days of my favorite boxer is Roy Jones Jr. That's mm-hmm. my favorite boxer. I, I was excited to always see him fight on HBO. I'm sad to see that HBO is not doing boxing. Anymore. I know. I, I know. That really, really sucks. I, I don't get that. They must be under some really new management. And I hope that doesn't last very long with them not having boxing because – that's a premier channel. That's that's boxing. that's that's the boxing channel. That's that what, is, that <laughs> it is really is. Channel. I mean, I don't I don't see many good fights on Showtime. Besides, I mean, you got Mayweather's one, and I think they've they've had Wilder on there, but I, I just don't understand leaving the boxing realm because they've been there since the seventies. Yeah, man, I've seen so many fights on HBO. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> it's man. Like... yeah, yeah. The Tyson oh, Tyson's comeback with uh, Bruce Seldon was on HBO. Yeah, I don't. Even, yeah, I don't even think that was a paper. I'm, I'm sure it was pay per view, but it was HBO pay per view for sure. Yeah, yeah, you had to pay for it. You had to pay. Yeah, for it. Um, I remember that. I had it at my, my parents' house. We had a big party. And the the Selden, like the Selden Phantom yeah. Punch. People seem to forget about that. They just, oh, I remember, I remember that. <laughs> just Selden was like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> that was, yeah, that's cool. Selden, Selden was like, they asked Selden. Uh, it was like um, Selden was just running his mouth, and Tyson was just full of confidence, fresh out of the the joint and everything, and they were saying, like, are you afraid of a Selden? And Tyson said, have you ever seen me box? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that. Yes, gosh, Tyson had such great one-liners, man. Yeah, and he <laughs> chased Selden around the damn ring, and just, it was just a wrap. It was just, yeah, yeah, it, it, was... it felt very, it felt very um, undermatched. It was just undermatched. Yeah, no, yeah, Bruce was, uh, you know, I actually I I was 
thinking Bruce had something, you know, I was like, yeah. I mean, cause he defeated Oliver McCall, I think right before that. And uh, he had the title and, uh, but yeah, everybody was just scared of Tyson. You know, the only person that wouldn't scared of Tyson was Evander. I mean, he was never scared of him. Yeah, yeah. You know, Evander. Evander is was one of those. Um, I, I've seen quite a bit of his fights, but I have to say, just like because of his endurance, his strength, I got to put him up there as like one of the one of the top dogs. And he's Tyson, one of my tops. <laughs> he's, yeah, I love Evander. Yeah, I think you kind of persuade me to put put that in there after watching the the Tyson Evander fight um, over and over. And I remember you were saying that Tyson likes to fight inside. And I've looked at some of his videos talking about how he gets inside and seen some of his other knockouts, how he likes to do that. And I don't know if you've seen it or not, but there was um, the documentary uh, with Tyson called Undisputed. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, they were revisiting that fight and he was saying how Tyson was getting so frustrated with um, Evander because he couldn't get inside of him and Evander wouldn't let him at all, that he just really kept him at distance and everything. He he was just straight, technically outboxed him and it was just pissing Tyson off how he couldn't get close to him. And Tyson managed to do that throughout his entire career but then this one person wouldn't allow him this one opponent was just like nope he's like he had him figured out that he was he got inside of Tyson's head and said no 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 this is not gonna happen and he was talking about how he got he was p- getting pissed off because he kept on head him and such or oh holy field accident at, at, Holyfield oh, had that rock of a skull. Oh, Holyfield, man, Holyfield was a very, I like to say the term, crafty fighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> crafty until you get caught. Yeah. <laughs> but he was. But, you know, I read a really good book. It was called The Last Great Fight. And it was, it was really about the, it's, it's about the Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson fight. But there was a really good excerpt in it about the 1984 Olympics and the Olympic trials. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyson was a part of it, as was Holyfield. Holyfield won the bronze medal that year as a light heavyweight. Um, but uh, that Evander was always – Mike was very like, yes, sir, yes, sir, Evander, you know, like really idolized Evander because Evander was the man back in the 84 Olympics. I mean, he was – I mean, now that Olympic class was huge. I mean, it had Pernell Whitaker, Mark Breland. I mean, it was a huge – Meldrick Taylor was a part of that uh, Olympic class. I mean – that Olympic class was huge, but Evander was like the captain mm-hmm. and Mike went to the Olympic trials and there's a really good story about how they were all playing pool. And even if Mike would lose, he was like, no, I'm playing next. And he, you know, Mark Brilliant would beat him and Mike would be like, no, I win. No, no, you, yeah. I'm on the table. And then Evander walks in and they said that Mike would just change when Evander was around. He'd be like, here you go. I mean, he wow. would practically do what, I mean, he just looked up to him. You know, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things. It's like, you know, a Vander, it, he, he just didn't fear Mike, you know, and th- I think that's what beat a lot of guys was the fear of Mike. You know, they feared him. And, uh, you know, if once you got to that point where you didn't fear him, you know, and, and that being said, I mean, that's tough to get through because I mean, the kid was Mike was so talented. You yeah, know, he Mike, Mike was a freak. He's he a was freak. so talented. A lot of people are always like, oh, he, he was just a slugger. No, he wasn't. Yeah, no, he was a boxer. <laughs> no, that dude he was a great little... boxer. It's yeah, like... he, had tech- he had technicalities with his hands. He was awesome. He was very, very well trained. He had probably the best trainer 
He moved um, so well too, yeah, man. His he moved. His slips, his slips just look like just automatic. It's, and then he just had cannons in both hands, man. They just freaked. yeah. He was he was a sick freak, but I admired that kind of confidence with Evander because Evander seems like a gentleman, mm-hmm. um, but he's one of those guys that doesn't um, have that kind of fear. That's that's no, something I'm man. trying to work on. I'm just, I'm trying to work on that with myself. With yeah. you know, there's a there's a way of being intimidating without being an asshole. Oh yeah, I just I can't just the type of person that I am. I can't. I really can't communicate with assholes. It's really gonna. I got to go outside for a little bit and mm-hmm. think about not beating your ass. No, that's a, that's a good way to put Like, I mean, Evander has that, he just, you know, he just has that quiet too. that quiet man. I mean, if you watch that first fight with him and Tyson in that first round, you, you see it. Um, Mike lands a bomb of a right hand on Evander in it. And Evander just kind of looks at him. Like I just took your best shot. And Mike Ooh. looked at him like, Damn it, dude! He just fucking took my best shot. <laughs> you know, I mean, and like he and he, you could, you can, you can. I mean, I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but I mean, you can watch that first round and you see it in that first round of like Mike going, "Fuck, this is going to be a long night." <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Evander is just a—he is a goddamn man, dude. He is just. Him and Jim Brown just epitomize. Yeah, <laughs> that's like they I'm could be serious. brothers, man. I mean, they it's could pass for, for brothers, it's, man. It's like it's like a Jim Brown is just was playing football while everyone else was just playing nothing. Yeah, it's that's like a he, good comparison. Those two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean like... that's just he is just. I mean, you, I think Jim Brown. Uh, ESPN did it years ago. It's like they they did like a countdown or a a list of athletes of, of football players that could play in every decade of the sport and i'll say that you put jim brown in from the beginning to now yeah oh, yeah he'd probably be mvp every damn year yeah jim brown barry i put barry in there too <laughs> yeah barry sanders Emmett, Emmett smith for sure i think the, the toughness in it is just um it's different now although the game yeah. is still physical it still is. I think there's there, they got to be a little bit more lenient on these rules that are going on. Ooh. But I think um, I think that um, the game is is still physical. You can still get hurt. You can still oh. get hurt. You can't. Football's brutal, man. It, it is. <laughs> it's it, a brutal it, it sport. It is. Remind me of your team again. Is it is it Kansas? Kansas City, City man. Okay, Patrick yeah, Mahomes, so, brother. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am uh, so happy and, and proud of him, man. He is. Oh God damn it, man! I I am just I'm blown away by him. He's I'm glad he's doing very well um, at this. Um, even even though he lost against New England, he had those two interceptions, oh. which I think was the the reason why they lost. I mean, you got to take an L someday. That's a great growing pains loss, right there. It if is. you ask the, me. Yeah, <laughs> just... and against, yeah, and against New England of all people in New England. Um, in if New England, New, yeah. if you beat New England, you did something right, homie. Yeah, and if if you lose a New England, it learned from it. And exactly, and that's the way, the way he, is. and that's what he's taken. I mean, if you watch interviews with him, he's like, and you know, his teammates talk about it. You know, they lost the game. He's like, all right, cool. How do we get better from here? I mean, that's, we we lost. That's the way to go. You that's don't you don't go. dwell on it. You just move on, and that's what I mean. And hey, you know. I love Patrick Mahomes, but you know, it really helps when a quarterback gets into a system that really fits and like, man, he's got some, he's got some weapons. I mean, Casey right now has some weapons. If we can just get Justin Houston and Eric Berry back and hopefully Eric Berry's the Eric Berry 
yeah. that he was, you know, because, man, I mean, we need – we just need a little bit more defense help, you know. I, a lot of people are like, oh, Kansas City's defense sucks. I don't think they suck at they all. Don't. They don't. They're, they're, they... Teams are just having to try to keep up with them, so they're throwing everything at them, you know. So I, I think they are a, a managing defense. They, mm-hmm. they can manage the game. They're not the – we can sack everybody and look out for us because we got this dude coming for the blitz. They don't have that kind of defense, but they can manage a game and keep you out of the, the uh, end zone like they did with Cincinnati last mm-hmm. week. And, and Cincinnati has got a pretty good offense. As well. Oh, yeah. They got, they got one of the best um, receivers. I think – I don't know. This, this might be Marvin's last year, Marvin Lewis's last year there. Um, who knows? But um, – I think they have the tools to do that, but that's just thinking about that game that they kept them, I guess, like seven or 14 points, I think. Yeah. They, they, man, KC made that one. They made that one look pretty easy. easy. Yeah. They they made, I mean, I was able to go to bed, you know, (laughs) I was able to go to bed about mid third quarter. I was like, all right, cool. We got this one wrapped up. This one's good. You know? And, but man, yeah, Casey, um, I'm really excited. I can't remember if it's like November 21st or 22nd, KC in LA, the Rams. Yeah. That, that's going to be an interesting game. Man. That, that's... that is. It's going to be in Mexico City, and I feel that that could potentially be the um, the Super Bowl. It could be. I think NFC Championship is going to come down to the Rams and the Saints. Don't be surprised if the Saints pull an upset. I think they're. I think both teams are very well balanced. They're almost identical. I think uh, the defense has. The Saints have the defense to stop Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think they do, and the Rams have the defense to stop Alvin Kamara. So, mm-hmm. and they'll you know they'll they'll get they both get something out of it in the rush on both on both sides of the teams. But um, it's it's going to be a hell of a shootout, and if it's going to be a real shootout, I think Breeze will etch him by seven points. Uh, that that's that's a good game man yeah it's a really good game man especially when it gets to playoff times you know like and you know like in the afc we're you know we're talking kc we're also talking new england but man do not forget do not forget the chargers that's what everyone is saying i just just don't i you know i don't know i I, i'm not a believer in philip rivers either that's exactly (laughs) it i think i think it's time for him to go somewhere else man possibly i think the boy can play i just think that they got the right coaching staff, but I think they gonna they they may need someone. They need a new, just a little bit of different slugger. blood in there. A new young slugger, a new young slugger is what is what they're gonna need. They need they need someone. I mean, right now, it, it's a copycat league, like they all say that you mm-hmm. someone does something pretty spellbounding one year, and then the next year you're gonna see that times thirty one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think with his division, they're going to look for a Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They're going to look for a guy who is not as tall, a guy who can scramble as well, who is just has that type of arm, not that floating type of pass, just that sling, that sling, mm-hmm. the gunslinger type of guy. I don't know when Philip Rivers will leave. He's a Hall of Famer. He could call it raps. He wants a ring. I get it, but I just don't. I don't see them edging out Kansas City. I see them being a wild card, and someone is going to take them out in the first round. Somebody kind of somebody sneaks up on them. I think they're a good squad, Baltimore. man. Yeah, Baltimore is a team like you know they're not exciting, they're not flashy, but man, 
Watch out for them. Yeah, hey, they got a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You know, <laughs> they, they do. They you do. know, it's they do. you can't discredit Flacco. You know, he's 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 got some game. And men, like I mean, they just they're a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Honestly, yeah, them and, and as a KC fan, for some reason Pittsburgh has our number. I mean, I guess you could say any team has our number in the playoffs, like Indianapolis, K, uh, Pittsburgh. But I would not want to play Pittsburgh in the playoffs. I really yeah, wouldn't. I really fair. wouldn't. I'll say that um, out of the teams I admire uh, in the history of football, the Steelers are second. But it's just the way – I think if you beat the Steelers, you make a statement in football history. Oh, yeah, you do. That they, they've always been a very um, defensive-minded team. And the fact that um, most of their players, if they've been there for a significant amount of years – they don't play for anybody else because they work so hard. Mm-hmm. They, that's what uh, Ben was saying. Like we, the reason why we're always getting injured on our team is because we practice so hard. Hmm. But they practice like they're in a game, and that's and that's. And I mean, if you look at how they draft, they always draft these monsters. They always draft these guys that are just huge and very hard nosed, old school football. And I mean, going up against them. As, as great as New England is coached and, you know, they're, they're not the most physical team, but they just know how to play to win. But the Steelers are just that, you know, it's like a, it's like a 53 man roster of Evanders. Yeah, no. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It, it is. It's like, God damn it. It's like, you think about how big, big Ben is. He's a hard guy to sack. And if you do that and keep him off the field and such, man, you, you're doing something right. That's the yeah. team I would fear the most. Pittsburgh, yeah, Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh. scary, man. Especially after that rough start they had, and now, and now they're getting their engines going, and mm-hmm. and they're not missing Levy on Bell at all. You know, no, they aren't, which is which is which is crazy. Which, yeah, which it's, is crazy. It's, man, this is not going the way Levy on Bell wanted it to go. Yeah, he <laughs> might, he might as well just pack up his bags and. Go, go somewhere else. I mean, I guess they're not going to trade him. Are they going to trade him? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's going back and forth. The ownership is talking about that they're not going to trade him. In the beginning, Le'Veon wanted to be traded. He wanted to sit out the rest of the year. Um, I think, I mean, if he doesn't report when he's going to report every week, they talk about it. They don't know when it's going to happen. Yeah. Cause I, I would feel, I would feel like a, like a dickhead if I were to sign him and, you know, let Sean Connor ride the bench the rest of the way. When that dude has been, dude, he's been killing it. He's a walking miracle. He, he's a uh, uh, cancer survivor. Yeah. Bulldozing dudes. I wouldn't want to crush that dude's dreams. I would say like, man, either you're going to report to this shit or we're going to cut you. Man, I'm if I'm if I'm Pittsburgh, I mean, and hey, I'm not a GM, I don't know, but I'm freaking getting on the phone. Or if I'm Philly, I'm getting on the phone, going, "Hey, oh no, don't say that. We need we need him. You know, I mean, someone like Philly could use him. I mean, hell, oh, I mean, if, I mean, Jacksonville already did their trade, you know, for Carlos Hyde. I don't know if that's huge, you know, but uh, um, but uh, you know, if so, there's some running back needy team. Heck, if I was Green Bay. <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, I mean, I know the Cowboys would do it, but they're already set. Yeah, they're back. set. They're <laughs> set. That's, why, that's why I say like Cowboys would have sent them three number one picks <laughs> if they weren't yeah, set. Shit, man, I would, I would hate to, I would hate to go up against Le'Veon Bell twice a year, potentially Ooh. three times a year as a Cowboys fan. Oh man! Although our defense is pretty solid, I'll say that, I'll say that Le'Veon Bell is still a bad cat. Mm. Although he's, you know, he got 
busted with PEDs. He can still run his ass off. He gets he has his leg trouble, but still, they, Philadelphia has a pretty good offensive line, and you can use him as a receiver. I would not want to go up against that cat. I would, yeah. Here. Like I said, if I was Philly, I would be like, "Hey, we uh, all right, number one pick. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's do they it. Were, Let's do they it." They were they were offering uh, Oakland a second round pick for um, Amari Cooper, and then I think Dallas had just pulled the trigger on it and got the deal right before Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What do you think about what do you think about Dallas getting Amari? I feel that I do like Amari Cooper. Uh, mm-hmm. When when Derek Carr was actually playing well. Uh, him and Crabtree together was a very good receiving core. Amari mm-hmm. Cooper played pretty well against us. He's a big body guy. I just don't think that I, I get. I guess because of his age, being 24, and he's been a pretty dominant guy in the league thus far, that they would give a, a first rounder for him. But I also feel like, in the grand scheme of things, it's like what you essentially just did is that you traded Dez, you gave away, you cut Dez for a first rounder and Amari Cooper when Amari Cooper is not like Dez. He's good, but he's not like Dez. He's not like Dez in his prime greater than Amari Cooper. No, no. Dez in his prime is better than Amari Cooper. Yeah, that's, yeah. Dez, Dez is... I hope Dez will play again, and I hope he'll play for us someday again. Potentially, if we get a new coach, and that they'll they'll realize, okay, let's let bygones be bygones. We made a damn mistake. You didn't get along with Scott Linehan and Jason Garrett. Let's straighten this thing out and continue to work. It's hard to work with certain type of personalities. Yeah, like that, and especially especially as passionate as Dez is, he mm-hmm. cares about winning. And if you aren't creating the the right plays for us to win i would be disappointed if all 53 men on the roster are like oh it's okay we'll we'll just win next week but how are we going to do that if we're calling these bullshit plays that are that are um keeping us from getting the w you know yeah. what i mean um i i think des kind of has that personality but he's not one of, i don't think he's one of the toxic personalities i think in this case it's probably stephen jones who wanted him out along with jason garrett and scott Linehan. And I think Jerry, if I were Jerry, if I were Jerry Jones, I'd say, well, you know, I, I run the show here. And even though if you guys don't get along, this is still the right guy for the job. Mm-hmm. I think I think that if they were – I'm cool with Amari Cooper coming, but I don't like what they gave away yeah. to come to Dallas. They needed it, but they also could have just said, okay, let's re-sign Dez for a, a $1 million uh, $1 million contract for just this year alone. We'll see what he does and see if we can bring him back next year. And and that's it. And Dez is, although, uh, I mean, not, not Dez, but um, Dak has most of his touchdowns with Dez and Cole Beasley second. So why are you take away his number one threat? Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, the Cowboys are, man, they're always, I mean, it's, They've been interesting for the past, you know, 20 years. <laughs> it's, it, it, you know, I mean, the, the history of the number one pick for a receiver does not look good because of Roy Williams and Galloway back in the day, you know. But, uh, you know, I, I, I equate it almost to Jerry being like, all right, Jason, Dak, y'all got a half a season here. <laughs> I'm giving you a, what I think is the number one receiver. 
I wanted because Jerry probably wanted to keep Des. No, and I'm like sure. you said, like you said, with uh, Stephen was probably the one that pushed that. I wonder if this yeah. is Jerry going. All right, let's see what you can do. And possibly, possibly, you know, this could, this could if, be the setup. Man, if I'm the Houston Texas I, Texans, I am on the phones with Des Bryant right now. I mean, I well, yeah, Fuller Fuller is out for the season. Yeah, he's yeah. done for the season. I would, I, I would. Because, man, I mean, Houston has made a run. <laughs> it's an yeah. easily winnable division with Jacksonville since oh, yeah. Jacksonville's falling apart. So, but, I mean, now you got to keep up in the playoffs. You're, 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 it's not going to be no 17 to 16 game in the freaking in KC or New England. So you got to no, get somebody else. Yeah, and, yeah, I mean, sure. and, and Des, I mean, it, it would be a good setup because you, I mean, they got a key on everybody that's defensively has to key on Hopkins. You know, you have mm-hmm. to, that's why Will Fuller has 143 yards, you know I mean? It's right. Right. And I think Des would be a perfect, perfect landing spot for him. But man, it's like, it's crazy to me that Des is not playing because it's like, he's yeah. only 30, you know, it's not like he's 37, you know, he's 30, you know, he should be yeah. playing. I think. And you know, if you follow him on Instagram, I'll have to send you an invite on that as well. Um, if you're on there, mm-hmm. um, that um, Dez has been really working out, and his videos on on Instagram, he's he's in hell of shape. You know, he's not he's not with a team. I don't see why anyone wouldn't want to go after him. I think Houston would be a good spot for him. I think that um, uh, Watson is almost Aaron Rodgers like. At least he looked that way Thursday night. You know, he's he looks just almost automatic he is just on point man he knows he knows where to throw it he gets him in the tight windows he doesn't necessarily throw really hard but he gets it down the field and he's he's got a great receiving core i think adding des just for the, the remainder of the season would be a good addition for him it'd be good for them i think it'd be good for des because des could be like hey yeah, i can still play <laughs> i still got yeah, this yeah. You maybe yeah. get him a you know two or three year contract somewhere you know maybe back with Dallas you know yeah. I don't know well I mean they're gonna be paying Amari what fifteen million next year or something like that yeah. so yeah they're they, they're they're stuck with his contract now I, I like Amari though I, I think I'm, I I mean I don't you know I mean they were gonna get her they, that first round pick was gonna be a a receiver probably anyway which yeah, anyways, which yeah. And hey, I know Van Der Esch is good, but man, I, I I still I was wondering why they didn't take Ridley. I mean, I yeah, felt like yeah, and you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, <laughs> everybody's always like they should have taken Ridley after you know Ridley's having yeah. the year he's having. But you know, it might be a different story because Ridley is going into look at the position he's going to. He's op- opposite Julio Jones, who's getting just right. I mean, the key is on him. You know, he's got a good quarterback, got a good offensive system. He comes here to you know. You know, not to bag on Dallas too much, but this offensive system that's, you know, that, you know, it, it's, I don't know, you, like you say, Garrett and Linehan, uh, they're kind of, <laughs> it feels like it's ran its course, but, you know, loyal yes. Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that, um, I think Jerry's a little pissed from that uh, loss in Houston. I mean, who, who wouldn't be? Um, I think it's, they made a good point on ESPN that Dak is never going to be who we think he is or has the potential to be if he's under Jason Garrett. Yeah. 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 That's a good, I I think if you look at, if you look at Romo's career, most of it, all of it pretty much was with 
Jason Garrett except for with Sean Payton and um, Bill Parcells. The rest mm-hmm. of it was with Jason Garrett. And I feel that if they had a different coaching staff at that time, they definitely would have won or at least attended some Super Bowls. I think they would have got at least gotten to, gotten to some of them. Got, got, at yeah, least gotten absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. If it had been what it was going to have been with North Turner as the head coach and Wade Phillips as a defensive coordinator, they definitely would have gotten it. Um, I think that, you know, wasting Dak's career and everyone else on the team's career with mediocre Jason Garrett, him being so docile and always wants to clap his hands when things go right and <laughs> things go wrong, that is not how you coach. Their next coach is, is Chris Richard, and I, I feel that there's going to be about maybe 10 – my prediction, not my expertise, there's probably going to be about 10 job openings for head coaching positions, and I would not want to play against Chris Richard. So you think Jer- Jerry's going mean, to – I'm assuming Jerry – does Jerry make the decisions or does Steven? I mean, is it's it... probably both. It's probably both, but um, I think maybe Steven might edge him out just a little bit. But I think that, I mean, if it were me, uh, Chris Rashard turned down the head coaching job for the Colts mm-hmm. to come to Dallas. And I think with Earl Thomas wanting to play in Dallas, that gives him a leverage to stay there as, the, as a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. and or be the head coach. I've, I'm just very impressed with him. And I think that as many times as Jerry has said that, um, you know, we're – that Dak is like Jared Goff. Our team is similar to the Rams. And I'll give him a little bit of uh, credit on that and say, you know what, they they definitely are close. Because last year they played, and we only lost to them by three points. Yeah, that, that is right. That was a close game last year. It was it was very close and we had we were we were dominating that game the first half, then they just came back, their defense kicked it up and started stopping uh, everything, the rush and the pass, and then next thing you know, they were on a roll. So it wasn't that far off um of a victory. Um so you know, if he wants someone like that I think that uh, okay. So I looked it up now. That the score was Rams thirty-five, Cowboys thirty. So five points. I think if he wants that new energy, like the Rams got with Sean McVay, he needs to get that with Chris Rashard. A guy yeah. who takes no shit. He gave it to his defense when they they missed the touchdown. Uh, Golden Tate scored a touchdown on him. He threw the damn the drawing board at them and just walked away. That's the type of guy you need. Not a guy that's gonna. We get a touchdown, and he's like, "Okay, come back to the, come on back to the, the sideline. Let's clap mm-hmm. it up, and I'll give you guys a cookie, and then we'll just lose this game." Yeah, no, I, yeah, Chris Richard, he gets a lot of. I mean, a lot of people are are talking about him as the next one, right? It's 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 going to be interesting. Like I said, it's. I mean, the rest of the season is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the Cowboys do because they. I mean, man, they're they're right in the thick of it in the East. I mean, yeah, the East is not that competitive. Yeah, yeah it really yeah. isn't, you know, with, I mean, when Washington's leading it, you know, but yeah. gosh, they don't seem strong. Yeah, you know? they're, they're not going to go anywhere, man. I mean, I, I think Alex Smith is a, is a good slugger and game manager, but mm-hmm. not no dude that's going to take you all the way. They, Unless they, you have that Baltimore Ravens or Chicago Bears 85 defense, you know, like yeah. those, then yeah, someone like Alex Smith can win it. But then, you know, they're, I mean, the Redskins got a good defensive line, but man, it's just 
Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, they, it's like, yeah, yeah. They don't have that defense that's gonna that's gonna scare the Saints or the Vikings or the Rams yeah. away. It's it's not gonna be that. So I think that if you think think about it, um, last week, um, the difference between us winning that game against the Redskins was a receiver. Think yeah, about it. Mm-hmm. It's a receiver. So it's whoever wins the East is not going to the Super Bowls. No, I think it's, they're <laughs> they might get upset in that playoff that play that wild card round is the as the because yeah. I mean the heck you never know it could be an eight and eight <laughs> yeah. winner. Truly. You know, truly, it really truly. could be, man. It's it's crazy how. Just, but it's crazy how just how the, the ebbs and flows of the NFL. One year that the East is the the scariest division in football, and then the next year it's like, wow, is anybody going to get to seven and nine? Are we going to have a seven and nine division winner here? It's, yeah, but the East, I, you know, the East can be a pretty good division. It's it's just the whole NFC itself fluctuates in power. Like, look at the Eagles; they're not they're not yeah. scary this year. They're yeah, yeah. This year, they they just had their year. They had mm-hmm. their year. Well, I've always thought that about the NFL, especially, you know, since the, um, you know, the free agency age, um, it's, it's who gets hot at the right time. Those Giants team weren't that great that beat the Patriots. Yeah, they, they got they, hot at the right they time. They got freaking hot, you know, and you get, I mean, they went through the freaking, they, they went on the road the whole time, you know, I mean, it's just, if you get hot at the right time, it's, oh, here we go, you know, like Arizona, remember, what was it, 2008, I think it was, when. Yep. They got to the Super Bowl. Who was even thinking Arizona is going to make the Super Bowl? And with old ass Kurt Warner. Yeah, and all, you get hot. You know, you just get hot at the right time. And and the only other, I mean, the team that's not that. I mean, the Patriots. They they're just steady. You know, they're just steady. They're they haven't made it every year, but man, gosh, they're extremely consistent. There, it's going to come down to coaching. Well, like you said coaching and getting hot at the right time. Um, that I mean, there might be a surprise team that's going to do that this year, but. Uh, yeah, the Eagles just—they were—they were in it to win it last year. They—they they had a year. They had a year. KCLA, man, that's what—that's what it's going to be. I called it at the beginning of the year. Not really, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I did pick—I did pick Patrick Mahomes in the eighth round of our fantasy draft, and I probably picked him way too early. Which before it was, everybody was like, "What is he picking him for?" But and I, I did pick. I knew I was big on Patrick Mahomes. I really was. But I'm big on Andy Reid quarterbacks, you know, especially when we're talking fantasy type football. You know, Andy Reid and quarterbacks are. He that's, knows how to pick them. He knows how to pick them. He well, he just he draws up such fun plays too. You know, I mean, he's just, and you know, and Andy Reid doesn't get. I don't think Andy Reid gets the gets the props he deserves for how successful of a coach he's been. <laughs> you know, I mean, with the Eagles, he was. They were practically in the NFC Championship game every year. You know. Yeah. And and it's hard to win a Super Bowl. You can't just you can't like. There's no formula. Yeah, it's hard. You know, Marty Schottenheimer, one of the greatest coaches of all time, just couldn't get there. You know, and it's hard, man. It's really hard. You know, and then and Andy's kind of going down that Marty Schottenheimer road of that guy that just can't get the big one. But I mean, maybe now he's assembled the right team. You know, and if he can get over that New England and then the the L.A. Ram hump or whoever else it is, you know, maybe they can. Get that, get that Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I think so, man. I, I, I like Andy Reid, but I'm more so pulling for Mahomes than Andy Reid. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think, uh, I think they, they might get it. It's it, the experts say that if New England goes to Arrowhead, 
you can count on Kansas City winning it. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, the advantage is there. All they got, all KC has to do is keep winning. Just, just keep winning. <laughs> just keep winning. It's all you got to do. Simple just keep as winning. That. Yeah. Simple <laughs> as that. Keep winning, and yeah. we're good. Yeah, so, exactly. That's that's all that. Um, off of sports, let me. I know we when we work out, we listen to some uh, to some jams. I'm I'm glad that you're a, a hip hop head. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm glad you are. I, I remember boxing with you, and we we're listening to Cream, we're Wu Tang. I'm like, what? Yeah, I was like, hell yeah! Like this is this is exactly what I need. We got Biggie, we got Wu Tang, we got Pac, and you got Fanagram in there, which is cool. You know, gotta throw it. Yeah. No, I'm a you know I'm an old school hip hop guy. I I do warm up to some of the newer ones. You know, I mean I like Kendrick Lamar right now a lot. You know, I've been listening to that, but I'm 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 kind of old man hip hop a little bit. It's I'm I'm definitely into the Biggies and the Tupacs and the Nas and and uh, Wu Tangs and stuff. But you know, I try to open myself up to the new. So I do like Run the Jewels too. I'm, I'm big big yeah, on them for the past nice. couple of years too. Definitely. But yeah, that's 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 boxing music, man. Yeah, it is. You <laughs> it's gotta, boxing you music. Gotta, you gotta have some. Uh... Some uh, some good um, masculine type stuff just, going yeah. on. I, I can't listen to this auto tune rap. It's it's hard for me to get to get into some of that stuff. That I mean, I do I do like Kendrick. I do like J Cole. There's some other names. Um, uh, his name is Odyssey. O d d i s e e. He's pretty kind of conscious rap, almost kind of like a one man tribe called Quest a little bit. Ah, uh, you gotta good. check him out, folks. Check him out. He's pretty nice, but who else are you listening to at this moment? Oh, let's see. Gosh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm so old when it comes to music, you know. No matter what it is, <laughs> no matter what it is, you have to be current. You know, I always, I'm always having, I always have Pac on, you know, that's like, he's like my favorite. I mean, he, I mean, Tupac was always my favorite. So like when I work out listening to him, now I, I, I throw in like some weird, um, like, I listen to Air a lot when I work out. I don't know if you're familiar with the band Air. They're very uh, electronic. Ele- band? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. very electronic and trancey. Sometimes I like the trance out. Yes, they're very much yeah. like Zero Seven. I like Zero Seven a lot. Seven. I heard I heard them for the first time on uh, Craig Colburn's show when they first came out. I'm like, who is this shit? But Zero Seven's good, man. I had to buy that stuff. It's very, it's very chill, man. I like it. There was one, and so now you know. One thing I hate about music now is that everything's so singles driven. It is. Because of <laughs> but, YouTube uh, and Spotify, yeah. But ASAP Ferg, I've been listening to a little bit of him. Um, it, it, I think that's how you say his name, ASAP Ferg, yeah, right? I think so yeah. The, yeah. the song "Plain Jane," <laughs> I like that one a lot. That's been one of my big ones here lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, yeah, I mean, I stick to the old stuff. Here when I've been working out lately, it's been a lot of Bone. You know, the first. <laughs> First album by Bone. I love that album a lot. It takes me back, gives me memory. It brings back the memories of, you know, early nineties. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, early nineties rap is, is is special to me. That's that's my stuff. That's that's my stuff too. I I I mean, much to my remember chagrin, probably I, a lot of Tribe Called Quest goes on, <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and uh, but yeah, you know, I, I'm I st- I'm stuck kind of in the nineties when it comes to my hip hop. But don't get me wrong. I, I throw in some Kendrick Lamar, some Childish Gambino, and uh, you know if I hear a song that hits with me, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I put that on my playlist. You know, let's throw that in there. You know, so yeah. um, you know th- that's. But it, like I said, man, it's always you know Fuji's, whatever it is. <laughs> it's, it's, I, I like those. I love those when they when they come on. I 
I get into that. My guilty pleasure is kind of Fergie. <laughs> you oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, so. When, when... I, I, I get it, man. I mean, everyone has a little kind of a guilty pleasure. I have, oh. um, I uh, kind of annoy. Well, it's, I mean, with, with me being a musician, um, I don't know if I told you, I play three instruments. So I, I listen to music in an entirely different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a, you ever heard of the, the genre called Yacht Rock? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have quite a bit of, of records for for yacht rock, and it sounds so cheesy. But I'm oh. like, man, there's something about this shit that sounds also very musically inclined at the same time too. And so I kind of, I kind of, um, I annoy my girlfriend with um, with songs from from yacht rock and such, and she she enjoys them too. But um, I, I listen to some of that. I listen to a, a lot of older music, music that was yeah. around way before I was. I'm a, a big you know, guy and all that, so I, I listen to a lot of older. Shit. So, have you heard of? And I just got introduced to this band, and I'm wondering, like, where has this band been? I mean, wow! And they're from the early '70s. They're called the Meters. Oh yeah, yeah, they're from New Orleans. Yeah, dude, they're awesome. I, yeah, yeah. That's another band I've been listening to a little bit. Is the, the Meters? Meters Awesome. Their, their drummer, drummer Zigaboo is. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, man! He's. Uh, they've been sampled so many times. So many Dude, they're times. great. Yeah, they are great. They are, they are really great, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, honestly, like, I mean, when it comes to music, I can't even believe it. Um, really, what I've been listening to is what my daughter listens to. So my, I have a 22 month old, and she's yeah. awesome. She loves the Beatles, um, uh-huh. but a lot of freaking kids' cartoons, man. I'm, I mean, Frozen, <laughs> of course, of course, Trolls. <laughs> Moana, I, yeah. I listen to those songs all the time. And, I just, you know, what I, I watch her movie last weekend. Which one? Moana. I saw it last weekend with my girlfriend. She she loves Disney movies. Mm-hmm. But it's a good movie, man. <laughs> it, it was a good movie. It was. Moana's good, good, man. I've, I've seen it probably sixty times now. <laughs> so, please get me as like a one eighty version of The Rock. Let's let's get me to that shape. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock. Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and work yeah. out at four. That's what he does, right? I, I, have, <laughs> I have trouble sleeping. I can't do that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Moana was a good was a good flip, yeah, but uh, that's cool. Uh, children's movies that's that's expected of you know being a father oh yeah it's fun though it's fun it gives me a reason to watch them i never watched them before i, I mean i'm catching up on everything you know mm-hmm. i'm excited about watching cars and kung fu panda yeah, <laughs> all these I older cartoons i haven't seen either one of those but uh my, my taste and taste in movies doesn't you know get up to animation I'm, again like the same thing with me um with music it's the same with movies i i watch Turner classic movies looking for uh film noir stuff mm-hmm. um I, I love those um those gumshoe detective shit. oh heck yeah I, 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 I think that stuff is is so underrated um but yeah but, uh, I'm sure I'll see uh, the last actually one of the last ones I really really did enjoy that was an animation one was uh uh Incredibles 2 was that pretty good? See, I've never it seen was. any of the. Inc- I'm ready to watch them. I can't wait to watch them. You know, but I've never good. watched them. Me, I'm I'm like you. I didn't watch animated movies. You know, the past twenty years, I've uh, animated movies. The last animated movie I really remember watching was Aladdin. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and until now, now it's like I'm I'm being bombarded with it. But you know, I'm. I, I, they're good. They're, they're actually, they have good stories and everything to them. So it's like, oh, you know, cool. It's a little bonding moment with the little kid. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that's, that's what you need. But I, I do recommend um, 
both the Incredibles. Incredibles movies, yeah. Both All right, both, rock and roll. Both of them are really good, and your daughter would especially enjoy the second one, and probably your wife too. It's I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's more, <laughs> it's more so led by the the mother of the movie. Ah, okay, so, sweet. You know, getting up getting up with the times of female empowerment and such. It's there. We it's go. The, it's the mother taking charge at this time. So awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good one. I, I do recommend it. I don't know if it's out right now or anything, but it's it's a good one. I'm, I'll find it somewhere between Amazon, Netflix, Apple, Hulu. You know, all the choices we get, we can definitely get it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's it's a good one. It's worth watching. Um, so man, I think we are out of time right now. That is all I got. Is there anything else you want to add? Any shout out? People can find you where? Where can people find you? Well, you know, um, you can find me at Move Austin Fitness. It's in uh, Terry, the Terrytown area of town in Austin. Um, you know, I'm uh, I, I teach a lot of the group classes and also do one on one one on one personal training. Um, also can teach you how to box. Um, you know, you can find me at Instagram, Jason McGee at Instagram, you know, um, I, I post on that a little bit. You'll mainly see my garden and my kid. <laughs> so that's the main thing, but man, uh, Marvin, I'm, I'm glad you invited me on. It's been a joy chatting with you, man. Yeah, and yeah. I look forward to hearing some more of your episodes as well. And, you know, whenever you want to, me to come back on I, as you can tell we can talk a lot of boxing yeah, know, absolutely so. yeah yeah man i'm glad uh, i'm glad you uh wanted to come on here man it's uh i'm just getting this thing started i want to elevate it some way in the future but yeah i always appreciate and enjoy talking with you and working out with you well i'll probably see you sometime next month before the holidays we can get the bag in get the mitts in get get like get that. it going get it going yeah. Yeah, I got a a goal to reach. I got a goal to reach. Let's do it. uh, Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, I appreciate y'all tuning in to the Record Broker podcast again. And I hope everyone has a safe and blessed weekend. And we will see you guys next time. Take care, everyone.